The following podcast may contain strong language, graphic descriptions of violence, and other content which is of an adult nature. This podcast is intended only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Game Luster presents Cyberpunk Red, Nephilim Echo, a tabletop podcast of a limited Cyberpunk Red campaign. The players are Brennan as Locke, Haley as Olive, Mike as Slash, Kate as J45, and Tim as Doc. The Game Master is Axel. You're listening to 97.6 The Stack, and I am DJ Cancry, making your ears bleed in the best possible way for the next five hours. Before we get to the tunes, we've got to pretend to be a serious media outlet for a minute or two. Let's start with something nice and lighthearted. Dumb crooks. Some gonks broke into a biotechnica facility and stole a bunch of security uniforms. Not the tack gear, not the iron, the uniforms. Authorities have not yet found the perpetrators, and Biotechnica has admitted they're utterly baffled why somebody would go to that much effort for such a low-value haul. The corporation has stated they will remain on a heightened state of readiness for the next few days in anticipation of somebody attempting to infiltrate using the stolen clothes. Security Corporation Danger Girl is reporting that the Eurovision Interceptor Squad is still recovering from injuries sustained during a training accident. The accident occurred during high-speed maneuver exercises near the ruins of Tripoli. Squad sniper Maliki Snowshoe Valmet remains the most seriously injured with a broken femur, while heavy weapons specialist Nadezhda Hackwrench Serbanescu and comm specialist Terrier Framedrag Nerme escaped with fractured ribs and a broken wrist, respectively. Heavy weapons specialist Saskia Panzer Schwarzwald managed to avoid being injured in the accident and is credited with quick thinking to get medical assistance to her teammates in time. And heads are rolling in Idaho, where an inmate at the Lyon Manet Correctional Facility in Coeur d'Alene was apparently broken out by unknown Confederates and has subsequently disappeared. Militech had been hired to transport the prisoner, Alwa Duquesne, to Canada to face trial for a failed NBC attack in Quebec in 2032. So far, there have been no leads regarding Duquesne's whereabouts. Militech has terminated the employment of the individuals assigned to the transfer, but has not pressed charges, believing they were not involved in the escape plot. Netwatch, Interpol, and a number of other law enforcement and private security organizations are on the lookout. Duquesne is considered armed and extremely dangerous. This report has been brought to you by Rockland Augmentics, who invite you to check out their new Chimera line of prosthetic sleeves. If you're not ready for our limbs, but you want to do a radical refresh on your existing chrome, Chimera sleeves will bring out the mythical beast buried within you. Cutting-edge synthetic skins, a variety of artificial scales, and our patented new fur will help you blur the line between man, machine, and primal beast in all new ways. Rockland Augmentics. Cyberware for humans, by humans. Coming up, strap in for the orbital dub stylings of Dikembe L5, hitting your ears straight from the stack. Alright, it's been about a month or so since uh, since the breakout of Alwadu came. So, what have you guys been up to in your downtime? I have been learning, or at least attempting to learn, from my Behringer clan, um... How to pilot the um, the uh, the air vehicles that we were were known for? I can't remember the name of them. 
I'm not a. You're talking about the Aerozeps or? Yes, the Aerozeps. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have been doing that, and you're still kind of a pilot trainee. You're definitely not up to uh, up to solo, but you've been getting in a lot of VR missions, uh, a lot of simulator time. You've been asked to do or to basically shadow pilots on short runs. You're you are getting there. Uh, you're you're not fully qualified as a pilot yet, but in a pinch, if it ever came down to it, you could probably keep it from completely going nose first into the ground. Nice. That's just how I like it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've been doing? Boozing. I've been picking up alcohol to cope with my severe my severe stress. Are you stressed? Are you really? Well, I I mean, well, yes and no. I mean, like, the the apartment building's been going okay, but I feel like I would be a little paranoid about the potential outfall of the Ella Duquesne breakout. So, uh, more just uh, keeping my eyes peeled while also getting blackout drunk occasionally. Okay, fair enough. He's stressed out over the fact that he's not drunk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's usually what does me in. <laughs> All right. Uh, Slash, what have you been up to? Just been, uh, you know, writing music, playing some cafes, arguing with K13 about, you know, music mm-hmm. in general, because she wants to be that all oh, that indie, all, oh, you know, if it's not popular, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you would, make me a... Uh, Charismatic impact role. Okay. Yeah, you, you've been hitting some dives, getting some cheap gigs, last second stuff. It's netted you about 300 euro all told. You know, it's, it's basically beer money at this point, but it's not bad. Alright, Olive. What have you been up to? Um, I started a, a, a flower garden on my window. Okay. Because I'm stressed and I need something pretty to look at while I also uh, try to hunt down my family. Okay. Uh, maybe a streetwise roll, if you would, please. Woo! You've got a vague rumor, and I mean, this is somebody that is whose reliability is pretty low, but they may have heard the name somewhere before. That name sounds familiar. A little talking here and there, it does seem like you may have caught at least a little bit of a scent of one of your uncles. I mean, anything is good right now because I don't have anything to go off of, so it's at least worth looking into. But yeah, the vague rumor that you've got is one of your uncles might possibly vaguely have been in the Matamoros area about a year ago. That's pretty weak stuff, but with some further investigations later on might turn up something now like while i'm 
hunting down like my family and stuff like that can i be using this time to like also you like while doing that can i like make connections with those people as well yeah you know you the can you know the initial source that you were talking to turns out to be basically a mule for a small time mexican gang way south it's not going to be direct connections but you know with time they could become something so as long as you keep cultivating that source trying to find out more information that can be a regular contact for you Woo. all right so olive uh one fine morning between breakfast and whatever routine you've got for the flowers you hear a very heavy knock at the door at your door oh great somebody's bothering me early in the morning i guess i'll go see who it is uh just looking out the peephole or yeah because i don't want to open the door i don't like people not people that i don't know especially not people that live in this building you look out the peephole and you actually can't make out much. Uh, there's definitely a person standing there, but they are standing in such a way as that you can't make out their features. That's shady as shit. I am not opening the door at all. Instead, I'm going to yell through the door and ask who the fuck they are. I'm courier. Have delivery. Need thumbprint. Mm, I don't like where this is going, guys. Oh shit. Um, okay. Um, okay. Um, uh, can I grab the nearest thing that would be a, a decent weapon? Or just a gun? Or a gun? I don't care. Whichever. Yeah, you can have your, you can have your piece with you. Great. Okay. So I am going to open up the door just barely to stick my thumb out. Just enough. You hear the, the, uh, the courier saying, Open the door fully, Pajalsta. Must confirm identity visually. <laughs> He's asking for a little too much. I do not feel safe. Okay, off, off, off topic question. Whose room would be closer? Slashes or locks? Mm, probably locks. Great. Can I call him, like, super fast and tell him that I'm very scared at the moment and, like, need some backup? No, you can you can do that. He does not seem to be terribly impatient. Great. Because this is shady as shit and I don't like it. Oh. Can I make fake phone noises? <laughs> no, you don't have to. <laughs> Damn! I wanted... Locke's ringtone to be like, I like big butts and I cannot lie. This <laughs> one is too old. It is definitely not. So, like, mid-2000s or something. Uh, no, before that, it would have been... Uh, is it? God, it, I don't... Yeah, that it, song is like... It would be about 50 years old at this point. It, it it's a like, song that never goes out of style. 90s? Early yeah. 90s? Really? Mid 90s, yeah. God, Slash would be like, dude. Yeah, Slash would be like, dude, that's old school right there. Yeah, I would. No, 
Locke would never have. Locke would totally, <laughs> and I'm saying it now. It's been determined. Thank you. Hey, all right, fine. All right, my phone starts playing. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. That makes me so happy. <laughs> this other brother's kid did not. I uh, saw. So, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Hi. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there is apparently a courier outside of my door, and he wants me to fully open my door so he can get like a visual identity. Can you like peep outside your door and watch just in case anything shady happens? Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Do that right now because I'm about to open my door. All right. I mean, I. I mean, I was gonna. It's gonna get up and. How about you? Anyway, but okay. Just That's get fine. up a little bit right. faster. Like, let's go. Come on. Hop, 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 hop. All right. Okay. All right, I'm hanging up now. Okay, bye. All right. See you later. Like, two seconds. Bye. Beep. All right. <sighs> All right. Time to not do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. All right. So, fine. I get up, and I, I you know, put my hair a little bit, and then I take a deep sigh, open up the door completely full. And just walk out in the hallway casually, as if nothing wrong was happening. As you step out into the hallway, you see a very large man. Uh, His head almost touches the corridor ceiling. He's in a very large red tracksuit. He clearly has very bulky prosthetic arms. Uh, It's kind of ruining the line of the suit, but uh, in one hand he's holding a small black briefcase uh hey man how's it going uh is there anything i can help you with i'm kind of the super of this building just checking in he looks straight ahead yet okay um can i open up the door now since i can like sort of hear that locks there yep the you see the courier you kind of have to wonder what steroids they've been feeding him because the dude's about seven and a half feet tall. Jesus. <laughs> you know, very Slavic features, buzz cut, cybernetic limbs from two or three generations back. He's not pretty in any sense at all. He's got a small black briefcase in his hand. He brings it up, flips open the lid, and there's a small thumbprint scanner sitting just inside of where the uh, the handle would be, right in the middle. Thumbprint, Bozolsta. I, I put my thumb on it. There's a brief flash as the scanner records your thumbprint information. The back of the briefcase pops open, and there is a slightly larger than legal-sized envelope sitting there. Uh, the paper is very slick, kind of a goldish color. You know, not not yellowish, but actual metallic gold type. Uh, it's got a black ring uh, about two inches across on it. Taken the lope puzzles the. I take it uh, quickly. He closes the briefcase and flips the lock. Spasiba, dosvidanya. And he turns and he goes down the hall, heading for the stairwell. That was it. You got a routine letter in the mail. What do you, you mean routine? That, that guy was fucking huge and intimidating. I'm not about yeah, to I've die. Seen... What if he didn't have a... double that size. You're an oh, asshole. Please. And I Such bet you baby. didn't. You know what? Go 
screw yourself. Write me next time to call Slash if I need anything. At least he's nicer. What's in the envelope? Okay, shut up and open We'll call Slash and I'll open the envelope. I need multiple people here. <laughs> okay, fine. I call Slash. And his ringtone is Gangster's Delight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to remember how that song goes. We all just pick uh, ringtones uh, for each other. Um, if, oh, God. Uh, hotel, motel, holiday inn. Uh, <laughs> uh, if your girl's acting up, then you'll take whole friends. Yeah, that, I think no, that's that, how it goes. No, that's Rapper's right. Delight. That's Rapper's, rapper's Delight. Yeah. yeah. Damn. You're, 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 Damn. Mixing, you're mixing up Rapper's Delight and Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> I do not know any of my music before 1990, apparently. <laughs> I pick up my phone and I'm like, what's up, brother? Uh, hi, Olive just got a letter in the mail. Like a routine, regular Totally wasn't thing. routine or regular. Um, and to make matters even better, she wants you to come here and open her routinely regular envelope. I just, just, I just scream... One behind lock it's definitely not routine all right it's a little sketchy we kind of need you to come Lots in here of sketchy. just in case just in, just in case some shit goes down could have died something. you could you, were, you weren't gonna could have fucking oh died what if he would have just plowed down my door and would have been like haha you dead and then grabbed my neck and then just snapped it well, then I'd find someone else. I'd pick someone else off the streets. That he can doesn't pay, even know, care. Like two two eddies, two eddies per second to live in my apartment. He doesn't. God. He doesn't care about me. <laughs> Slash, get your ass here so she can open up this letter so we can figure out what's in the letter. You hear me sigh. And I'm just like, oh, fine, fine, fine. You have 30 seconds. It's Hang so up. damn early in the morning and shit. I didn't ask for this, okay? I didn't ask for some big ass giant man to come knocking on my door while I'm trying to water my nice poisonous flowers hang up and then I slowly make my way down the hallway with the cigarette in my mouth alright we open you knock on the door you come inside we you know we let you inside open up this goddamn letter Okay, I, I very dramatically take a envelope opener and open the envelope. Uh, uh, all of the uh, the contents of the note are listed as are listed under handouts. Uh, you sh it should just be visible for you. Um, is it the hole in the wall note? Yes. Okay, great. Do I okay, I guess I just read it. Yeah. yeah okay. Sh shut the fuck up, Locke! You're holding it in front of your face. I can't read oh it. Oh my god. You're such a needy bitch. Okay. <laughs> it says, Madame, your presence is requested and required for the general conference of the Hole in the Wall Midnight Market. You are permitted one guest and one individual to serve as your personal security detail. Attendees and guests are prohibited from bringing personal weapons into the conference and all implanted weaponry will be temporarily locked down by the manufacturer override. Any personal weapons will be stored securely at the coat check and returned to you upon your departure. 
Security personnel will have their weapons temporarily registered with ballistic and acoustic patterns entered into a standalone site secure database. That was a mouthful. Any violation of these security measures will be met with your immediate ejection from the premises and a permanent ban on any and all commercial transactions overseen by the organizers, with a capital O. Evening wear is required. Semi-formal is recommended. All individuals failing to meet the event's dress code will be barred from entering. All pertinent data has been included within the envelope. We look forward to your appearance. Well, I totally think we're bringing a gun to this thing. This screams we have to bring a gun to this thing. Did you thing. not just listen to what I said? Yeah, I, I listened to every word. <laughs> and that's just screaming, bring a gun. That's just be screaming, we're about to get into a goddamn gunfight and be backed into a corner because we are three out of however many they invited. Okay, but if we don't bring guns, someone's trying to kill us, which they absolutely will. No one invites you to shit. Why would they be trying, trying to, to kill, kill us? You. What the hell did you do now that's going to get us killed? Nothing. But the last two gigs we went on, people would have wanted us dead had we not been seen. So actually, maybe we don't need to bring a gun. <laughs> I just want to bring a gun. <laughs> you wouldn't be my security detail anyway. Slash would be because he's beefier and bulkier than your skinny ass. But I'm gonna be your guest. That means I have to be your guest. Yes. And that means I have to pretend like and act like I'm having a good time with you the yes. whole time. And that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my god, cry me a river, Justin Timberlake. Everybody, make me a streetwise roll, please. <laughs> can I? Can I just? Can I just? Mm. You beat his ass or something <laughs> shit <laughs> okay lock you have no idea what's going on <laughs> sounds yep. about right sounds about right <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh olive slash you're not entirely certain what's going on but you've at least got a better idea and this is big okay you basically have an engraved invitation so this is not some piddly ass gang trying to look fancy and so they can set you up and roll you this seems like it's a pretty big deal but if you're wanting to get more information you could contact another fixer rex uh he was the guy who helped you out when uh reeves made the attack on the apartment building right yeah does it say when it is like oh, what? Shit. Like that's a really good question. Um, that that should have been like one of the first things you checked. Yeah, no, it doesn't <laughs> at all. Oh, all of them are definitely gonna have to go ask Rex. Wait, it says all pertinent information included in this envelope. Okay, what else is in this envelope? Uh, looking inside the envelope, there's nothing there. It's just plain paper. Uh, make me an intelligence roll, if you would, please. Oh, that's asking for a lot. Okay, hold on, wait. <laughs> okay, wait, just keep holding. Where the fuck is intelligence? Am I blind? <laughs> it's Probably. On, it's on the, uh, the stats. It's not the, uh, it's not a skill, it's on your, ah. on your first tab. Okay, well, that's why I'm blind as hell. 
the information said that all the pertinent data was included with the envelope. You notice that in the middle of the envelope is a black ring. Uh, sort of like a hole. You know, that's smart. It occurs to you that they might be using some kind of invisible ink. You could use your agent, you could tune your agent's LED light to emit in low UV, basically like a black light. That is a good idea, and that is exactly what I do, because I totally thought whoa, of that. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Whose room are we in right now? Mine. Okay, good. All right. Whew. What do you mean? <laughs> <sighs> He's like, oh, needs to show uh, up or something. Don't, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, oh, if shit goes down, clothes. he doesn't want it to be his room. Ahem. Okay, then. I just turn away from the guys. You make a couple, you tap in a couple of quick adjustments to your uh, agent there, turn on the light, and as you pass it over the envelope, you do see there is what looks like the image of a wall, although it's definitely kind of bumpy. A few moments later, your agent pings. There's a new notification with a calendar entry and GPS coordinates. The GPS coordinates, however, are locked and are set to decrypt approximately one hour before the start of the event. Smart. Aren't these people super fancy? Yeah, you didn't get that from, like, the gold engraved paper? No. I just thought they were, like, super fucking scary because they sent a goddamn giant man <laughs> to potentially, like, kidnap me or some shit. Like, yeah, gold paper really screams, like, fancy when you send a very scary man to deliver it to a middle-sized woman. About this time, Barden kind of passes by the doorway. Uh, everything okay, guys? You seem a little, uh, tense. Tense is one way to put it. When you get a seven-foot-year-old Sasquatch man. Seven-foot-year-old. Yes, I said that. Sasquatch man that shows up to your door in a red tracksuit looking like the goddamn mob trying to kill you. He didn't actually kill me. He gave me this envelope, but I really thought he was going to kill me. Don't judge him. Just because he's got a tracksuit on doesn't mean he's in the mob. He could just be really athletic. Yeah, uh, Barton. Nobody wears tracksuits anymore unless you're in the mob. We we got uh, an invitation for this hole in the wall event. But do you know anything more about that? Uh, I'm I'm not really from around here, so I can't say. Rex might know something more. Oh yeah, I wanted to contact him. Give him a buzz. Great. You should have his con- should have his contact info in your in your agent, shouldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. I contact Rex. Uh, the agent rings a couple of times, and the jovial voice answers. King is in. Who am I talking to? It's your BFF. You're going to have to elucidate. I've got a lot of BFFs. Which BFF are we talking about? Here? Highly disappointed that you don't know that's Olive. I'm a man with many friends. <laughs> I should be at the top of that list. No, my feelings are hurt. But anyway, you can fix that later. I just got an invitation to the Hole in the Wall night market. There's a kind of a dead silence for a few seconds. Hole in the Wall midnight market? Yeah. What did you do? You make that sound like it's a bad thing. Well, it's usually something that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. Look, you know that midnight markets are basically just a super, super exclusive invite-only version of a night market, right? 
I gathered that. I just didn't understand why yeah. this one was like so special. Because again, they sent a massive man with a gold letter, and it's yeah. his formal wear. Formal <clears throat> wear. Semi-formal, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, hole in the wall is to midnight markets what midnight markets are to your typical night market. All right, this is the big leagues. You're not dealing with penny ante small-time fixers. You're dealing with the wild bunch here, guys. They, you know, they are a major portion of the power structure of the city. You know, they make Night City move. And you have been invited. And again, either you did something really, really good or something really, really bad, Lafatz. What was it? Well, that's actually a really good question because I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's more of like, what haven't we done? Shh, don't say anything. Anyway, uh, thanks for your insight. If I learn anything interesting, I'll definitely give you the inside scoop. But right now I gotta go get some formal, 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 oh. Well, oh my god, I can't say those two words together. Evening no. wear. Okay, bye. And I hang up. Don't hang up. I hang up. I hang up. No, 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 I, I have up. a question. Oh. Man. Uh, Barden looks over at you. Uh, if you need me to ride with you guys for security, uh, I, I've got a suit. I'm only allowed two guests. Actually, one guest and one individual to serve as your personal security detail. Except, shouldn't my guest also need a personal security detail? I believe the, the one security detail is probably intended to cover both you and your guest. Damn. And also, it's possible that your guest is basically considered expendable. <laughs> we all know Locke is, so that's okay. <sighs> She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sad truth. I shrunk. Am I right? God damn it. Yeah. I plan on taking it's Slash the, as my uh, personal security detail detail but we also need evening wear because i can't say f and w together it just doesn't work so now i'll say evening wear okay well uh, i haven't really gone shopping for evening wear lately but uh, there's probably a couple places that you could go oh wait what the hell is the date on the thing uh the calendar entry shows 48 hours from now well actually 47 and some change Great! We're going shopping as soon as the store opens. I don't know what time it is. About 8 o'clock in the morning. So. Great! We'll go shopping at 10, because a lot of clothing stores don't really open until 10 or 11. Make me a streetwise check. I know where that one's located at, so that was pretty easy. It's maybe not going to be super trendy, but it will at least fit the requirements. Uh, you do get down there. Uh, they do have some off-the-rack stuff for about 1,000 euro. Or... If you want to take the time for three grand, they can do a bespoke item and they can put a rush on it. 36 hours. With your pay from the last job, you can just about cover that. Ah, uh, uh, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Go big or go home. Alrighty. As long as they can definitely get it done in 36 hours because we have 47 and some less than 40s. I don't know how much. Whatever. They'll get it done. They may not be trendy, but they are reliable. As long as it fits the requirements so we don't get kicked the fuck out. 
lock if you're going as uh, as the guest or as your if you're going as uh, security you'll, you you and slash will also need your own evening wear can't we just go like rent a tuck somewhere you you just rent a tuck somewhere it must be so nice being of the male gender yeah you yeah. You, you could if you wanted to go that route I don't want buy a tux are you kidding you might need to wear it again though i don't know who is actually gonna like want to go to a formal event with you especially if you're getting married ew that offended me more than i thought it would um <laughs> i don't really have anything to say to that one i'm just hurt <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll go rent the tux i don't know yeah i'll do the same I'm never going to get married at this point. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I just keep fucking around, taking gigs up and owning this building. My life this is, is getting going too nowhere. goddamn real. Stop. Son of a bitch. I'm going to rent this tux. You can rent, it, you can rent a tux, you know, with, you know, tie, cummerbund, shoes, and pocket square for... 250 eddies for a night. Don, that's pocket change. Slash made that playing a couple gigs. Got some beer money. He's already got the money. He's already got the down payment. This is easy. Renting a tux. No question about it. Wait, how much is buying a tux? Uh, off the rack would probably be about a thousand for just, you know. No, for sorry, too much. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's damn budget, cheap sorry. ass over here. Yeah, nope. Sorry. Alright, Slash. Uh, I'm gonna go get the car run. You get that sweet ass in the car in about five. We're gonna go drive down. We're gonna go rent some tuxes. Tuxes? Tuxedos. Alright, man, let's do it. I wanna go too, just so I can make sure they look nice. Yes, I'm going. We have a boys' day. No, I'm going. (laughs) That's what I thought. Alright. I'm a rocker boy. I know how to look good. I'm not you. I'm not worried about you. It's the other (laughs) one I'm worried about. I can't have him embarrass me as my guest. I'll have you know. Oh, God. I'm the best dresser. The best dressed (laughs) person in all of the Behringer clan. You... When I was a kid, I used to get made fun of, alright? For wearing the nicer t-shirts. All the other Behringer Nomad kids would pick on me and <laughs> really mess with me, man. <laughs> oh, so, and wow. people still pick on you, so you should probably get used to it. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> alright. Uh, Locke, make me a streetwise roll. Can do. Wow. That was oddly effective. (laughs) You managed to find a little hole-in-the-wall tuxedo rental place. They actually managed to cut you a good deal. Uh, Only 200 eddies. Oh, yes! Well, 
for for your outfit, um, and you know, also two hundred eddies for slashes. Cool. Uh, cool beats. I'll they, put that down. They do mention that these do not necessarily have any kind of armor reinforcement or anything, so they make it clear that there is a substantial penalty uh, if you return them in anything less than pristine condition. Uh, they make it clear if you try any James Bond bullshit, you basically bought the tux. Oh. We should have bought the tux, uh, Yeah, man. I was going to say. We're totally going to ruin these. <laughs> Especially Slash. Oh. He's supposed to be like armored detail, security detail. Mm, I don't know about that one, bud. Because all the whole night, I'm not going to worry if anything happens to either one of you. I'm just going to worry about my tux. I'm going to be up front. I'm not going to care Do you want to buy a tux instead? No, no, we're already here. We already Fucking made the deal. Jesus. We're already doing then this. Stop bitching. Fine, fine. Yes, no James Bond bullshit. We will have the tux in pristine condition. Wait, should we maybe buy Slash's tux? Look, if we play our cards right, nothing bad will happen. So. Oh, Jesus is asking for a lot. I know, but this one time. This one, Wait, I really shouldn't I be saying that? Tuxes. Shouldn't I be going to you this one time? Can you not fuck something up? I, I don't. I don't think I've made a mistake so far. Anyway, if you fuck up your tux, that's on you. You pay for it. Not me, but Locke better just shut up the whole entire night. Because if he embarrasses me, it's a swift backhand for you, buddy. Wow. You ain't no oh, I'm about to be. <laughs> okay, I'm done embarrassing Locke. It's getting boring. Yeah, yeah. Slash is just sitting here watching TV fight and just like, oh my gosh, she's two all the time. Okay. So just write sorry. your tux already, goddammit. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's the easiest game of fuck, marry, kill in the, in the entire world. Completely out of context, this is how our D&D episodes go, so... So I'm used to it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we're just... We're, yeah. This oh, is normal. Man. Completely normal. Yeah. Alright. So, you make your preparations, you wait, uh, the coordinates decrypt about an hour before the event, uh, slash, Barden gives you a few pointers for handling security work, you know, you know just basic tips, like, you know, always keep an eye out, watch the movements. He doesn't expect there to be a lot of trouble, you know. Again, the whole engraved invitation thing kind of makes it seem pretty standard. But at the same time, don't make any sudden moves unless there is a direct overt threat. Somebody okay. coming up and saying, I'm going to blow your brains out, hey, go to town. But just keep an eye out, be cool, don't startle anybody. Alright, I know how to be cool, so we're down, I'm down. All right, Olive. Uh, take it you're getting ready and you've got your invitation with you. Yep, we are dressed to the nines and ready to rumble. Taking Locke's car, I'm guessing. Does it look nice? 
Does it look nice? Yes, does it look nice? I am not rolling up dressed like this in a piece of shit. (laughs) This is the reason why you're still single, goddammit. No, because you don't know how to treat a woman or a person that you'd be romantically invested in. Where is this coming from? <laughs> I have a nice car. What, it gets me from point A to point B. Why am I being roasted about my wife or lack thereof? <laughs> to be fair, he, he did Slash. get rid of the clown graffiti. So, okay. you know, that, that's definitely a point. Yeah, as long as it's just not looking like a hunk of junk, I'm fine with it. It needs to look nice. This is a nice formal event that we're going to. I don't want to be made fun of. I feel like a parent that's it's like funny. scolding their child because they just embarrass them. It's not a Ferrari, but it's not a, you know, piece of shit car. I don't know my cars. I mean, as I should, long as it's a Cadillac. If it's looking like a Cadillac, we're fine. That's like the high end, but not like super expensive, decent luxury car. Though they are shit to take care of. Look, man, this is a custom rig that I made with my friends in my spare time when I was still oh rolling with the clan. I don't know what you want from me. Get the car, bitches. I'm Call driving. me a oh, bitch and I'm gonna kick your ass in front of everybody. Alright, she's she's gonna walk. She's gonna Open walk. my goddamn door! This is ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Alright, I open up the car door for Olive to pretend like I'm a gentleman, and then when she gets in, I just slam it. It's really your hard. car door, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's fine. I'll fix it later. Panels on the metal. We 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 go to. I'm expecting you to open my door when we stop, so I can get out as well. Man, I hope you're not wearing heels, because your feet are gonna really hurt when you walk through the front door. Because you're gonna be walking. For miles. Heels can also operate as a weapon, so you better have some sunglasses on, or I'm gonna stab this heel I break check this in your eyeball. Something. I don't know. I I break check so her face hits the dashboard. I don't know what I do at this I'm point. I'm gonna punch you so hard. Yeah, a little break check, and then we continue going on. So she stops talking. <laughs> Oh, so sorry. I'm not like this in real he life. He totally is. More than likely. Oh, damn. Alright. You make it to the uh, event coordinates. Uh, it looks like a nondescript, uh, three-story light manufacturing building. It's kind of on the edge of town. There's a lot of people around, but it doesn't look particularly noteworthy or special. Uh, there is apparently a valet who's going to be parking the car. Uh, once you roll up, he comes up, hands you a uh, a ticket, and says, we'll have this out to you at the uh, end of the evening. Enjoy your time. Uh, sounds good. I give him a, f- f- a, f- a fiver as a tip. Everybody gets out of the car, and they make their way inside the building. There's a foyer, which is very elegantly and very tastefully decorated. It's rich, but it's not disgusting. Somebody has definitely put a lot of thought into this. They want to give the impression of power, the impression of wealth, but they also don't want to be gauche about it. 
you move along this very thick blue pile carpet and over towards a what appears to be a dining area. There is a long table along the back of one wall where a number of people are seated and it's on a dais so it's kind of raised up a little bit sort of overlooking the dining area. A, uh, a man comes up asks for your name and asks to see your invitation. Um, I hand him the invitation and um, I tell him my name. He does a quick check of the list, nods, scans the envelope, then guides you over towards the table. There are a number of tables all set up and there are already several people here and they are dining. Uh, some of them are enjoying cocktails, some of them seem to be getting appetizers, but you know, it seems to be a very relaxed atmosphere. Uh, even granted the presence of bodyguards that are standing close by to the table, all of them just scanning the area. Uh, everybody make me a perception check, please. Oh, yeah, I was about to ask if I could look around the room. Preception. I know where that is. Nope, that's not oh, it. Shit. Did it roll? And the bodyguard gets the lowest roll. <laughs> God. That's that's terrible. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> starting to think you should have had Barden come in. I, I thought that too. Oh, re really regretting my life choices here. This is not going to go over great. I wasn't the one that asked to be here. When your security guard sucks, you turn into your own security guard. Actually, before you're led to the table, you are led to the coat check area where any coats and personal weapons are checked in, and they do hand you a ticket for those. Uh, slash, you are escorted over to a small area set off to one side. Uh, it appears that they've got a ballistic trap set up. Uh, they ask you to take your firearm, put it into the uh, hole there, and pull the trigger so that they can capture the ballistics and acoustic signature. Okay, so... Once that's done, do that. the three of you are escorted to the table. Uh, Locke, you notice as you're sitting down to the table, the table is kind of isolated. You know, there's a big open area between the high table and the rest of the dining area, but you're at the front edge of where the tables are, and it's almost like you're on a point. All the other tables are further back from, from where you are. Uh, Guys, I have a very bad feeling oh, about shit. this. And that's based just on the positioning of our table versus the positioning of all other relative tables. Did they fucking invite us because of, like, something that we did? I... I'm not getting a good feeling from this. I mean... Whatever Rex was saying before... Um... Uh... But what would I have done? Like, I honestly haven't done anything. Literally, I think I've said two words in, like, every other episode. <laughs> Uh, well, we mean we've done we've done multiple jobs. But at this I point. got the invitation, me. So it's what did I do? Well, I don't know. Well, if that's the case, then I don't you really know. You know what? Sit your ass in that chair. You're not me. going anywhere. If I go down, we all go that's down. Fine. Dude, if this is a popcorn shit show for you, dude, I've got a front row I seat. Hate you. you know you're at this table with me. I'm just a guest. A waiter comes up, holding a, uh, a menu. Would uh, the party care for a drink? We do have some very lovely wines. 
cocktails are available upon request, um, and uh, it's open bar. There will be no charge. What's your strongest cocktail? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that would be the Adios Motherfucker. <laughs> I'll Sounds have two of those, please. I'll have two Adios Motherfuckers. I, I Very well. just want a massive glass you. of wine. Hmm. Uh, red, white, rosé? Rosé. Thank you. Very good. And uh, please, look over the appetizer list. I assure you, all the food here is fresh, no pre-pack, no kibble. The waiter disappears to go get your drinks. Not seeing anything on the Listen, if I'm about to fucking die or some shit, we're getting something nice off of this appetizer list. I don't care if you're not hungry or not. I'm eating like it's my last supper. I will. You can just take my app then. I don't don't really want to. I'm just going to save some room. Save some room for what? We're apparently dying. I don't know what I did. Oh, the main course? I don't know. I'm just reading over the this The main menu. course is about like, to be okay, me! <laughs> I don't know why I think we're going to die, but I honestly think I'm going to die. Look, it's fine. They're going to come out with some appetizers, maybe some steaks. I haven't had a steak in a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh my god. What if they have my family? What if this is a trap? Well, that really sucks. Hey, Slash, you want one of the ones to put this audio smoke? No, he's not allowed to have alcohol at all. I was going to say, I'm security detail. I should probably stay sober. Yeah, nothing but water. No, you're not even allowed to drink or eat anything because I can't have you running to the restroom. Told you to pee before he came. (laughs) Under my breath. What a bitch. I heard that, (laughs) goddammit. The waiter returns with uh, drinks and also the uh, entree menu. The food or the offerings are definitely top shelf. And as he said, these are not pre-pack. They're not kibble. This is actual, honest to God, fresh food. What is the fanciest thing on the menu? Let's see. Uh, They do have some surf and turf. They do have some... It, I know it sounds simple-ish, but they have some gyros with actual goat meat. Yeah. Goat is surprisingly hard to come by these days. They do have uh, some chicken Kiev. Basically, think of some of the highest-end cuisine you can imagine. It's on here. Whatever the highest-end stuff on this menu is, that's what I want. I don't care what it is, just make it up. I'll have a filet mignon. Uh, rare, please. Um, if it comes out any more than rare, I send it back. It needs to be mooing. Yeah. I'll take the lobster. Who says you get to eat? Don't worry. Um, all security personnel will have a, a, a doggy bag set up with them. Acceptable. Uh, you order your meals and you're drinking your drinks. The rosé is actually really good. Uh, it turns out to be a sparkling rosé. Very light, very nice, very crisp. Locke, uh, you're about a quarter of the way through your first Adios motherfucker, and you're already starting to wobble in your chair. <laughs> nice. I can feel my cheeks. Yeah, that'll probably last <laughs> for about five minutes. The dinner service continues. Your food comes out. The filet mignon is 
perfectly done to your specification. All of your meal is excellent. You know, you have eaten kibble, you've eaten various pre-pack over the years, but you literally cannot remember the last time you had actual fresh food. And it has been prepared by a master chef, and it is glorious. Well, at least Olive gets to die happy. Exactly. I mean, I'm trying not to die, but, you know, if it happens, it happens. After about an hour or so, you know, when, as uh, dinner is winding down, one of the individuals up at the, uh, at the high table taps their wine glass. Ladies and gentlemen, she's got a very, you know, very strong German accent, but she has very olive skin, uh, very Mediterranean-type complexion. I'm glad that everybody has had the chance to enjoy their meal, but now we must come to the business portion of the evening. A spotlight gets thrown on your table. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> Will the attendee who received our invitation please stand up? Oh, shit. <laughs> I stand up. Do you know who we are? No. We are the ten most powerful, wealthiest, and most influential fixers in the city. <laughs> we have somewhat regrettably been given the name the wild bunch which is perhaps an irony since our job is to keep order we keep things running smoothly we dislike disruption we dislike needless chaos and you Fraulein, you have been related to some very needless chaos what do you know of Harry Matsuchek? That's the guy we busted out of jail, right? No. No, that's the guy that hired us uh, to bust that guy out of jail. Oh, really? We oh, are waiting. God. Oh, shit. Um, <clears throat> not, honestly, <laughs> not that much. Um, my friend, my guest, would actually know more about them than I would. Damn, <laughs> you just threw them under the table. Unfortunately, your friend has already been found to be recalcitrant in volunteering information. We require your input on this matter, as a professional courtesy, if nothing else. What? I seriously don't know anything about this guy. You tried to throw me under the bus and I'm getting <laughs> fucked. Good luck. Oh, shit. Uh, Honestly, I have no clue. Just take your beating and get it over with. You have no information as to his present whereabouts? No, honestly, I do not. You have no information regarding his designs within the city? What his short and long-term projected activities may be? Okay, just because I don't know the details of this, I tell them how we met him last time, and the whole scenario of that going down, because I honestly don't remember it, but I tell them that information, and that's all I know. You tell- oh. There's some discussion up at the high table. Another woman stands up. Oh, God. Uh, she's a very willowy blonde, although 
her skin is so black it's almost purple and it's very unusual but it does speak to somebody who has spent a considerable you know who basically grew up in a lower than earth gravity well so she's probably or she was at one point one of the high riders you're telling me that you've done business with this man and you have learned nothing about him that seems unusually careless particularly when he employs you for such high-risk operations. If I may be so bold to chime in, Harry Mastercheck is someone that very much... Uh, we have tried to get this information out of him, but um, under vague threats, we don't seem to get anything out of him. Like, yes, it's true that we've worked for him, but we genuinely do not understand what his short or even long-term goals are. They seemingly don't make any real sense in hindsight. Yov Tomat says a very burly-looking man, big, thick, bristly mustache. You're telling me that you just take this man's word, and that when you get this roadblock, you decide, oh... Well, there is nothing more for me to learn. I guess I'll just go along happily and take the money. Pizdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Kinda. Sure. Kinda need money to, like, survive and stuff, no? We can't all be high and Shut up! Shut up! Shut the fixers. front door! Shut up! But shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up right there! Just shut up! Yeah, we genuinely and that's don't know our anything fault about him. For not digging into him more. But there uh wait, hold on. Um guy that walked past the door earlier, isn't he friends with him? Or am I no am I wrong? Yeah. Barden? Barden I don't really understand their relationship all too well, but they seem to have some kind of that's association I... in the past. But Barden seemed to be very wary of and... him. It, I was under the impression that we only did this stuff because Barden somewhat knew him, and I thought Barden is the one that brought him around. So we just went along with it because Barden well, knew we're, him. We're, we're trying not to sell you know out everyone I'm also trying not to fucking die. Well, if that's the price we have to pay... Maybe Barden should stop being so, so fucking be secretive it. and tell us what the fuck's going on. I don't know what to on. tell you. Thinking back on it, he's probably a real I'm guy. throwing Barden <laughs> under the bus and there's nothing you it. can do about it. I tell them about Barden. No, not Barden. No, no, no. Barden's been nothing but helpful. It's Harry the one that we have to pin, even though he said if we if we turn on him, he's going to come up with but us. But Barden with, knows with more bridge, about him than the we do. The of a thousand sons. Yeah, but Barden didn't okay, vaguely so threaten us at any point. Okay, so I tried not to throw Barden under the bus, but I hint that he knows more than what we do, and we only went along with it because Barden's cool, and we wanted to help Barden. And it's stupid that we didn't do more background checks on a guy that threatened to run us over with a car and kill us and burn down our building, but fuck us for being stupid! <laughs> That's why I... <laughs> hey, well, yeah, 
that's why I didn't look into him because he threatens. If I did, he threatened to kill me, and I kind of like living. Well, I mean, not really at this point in time. I kind so of by alcohol, association, I went along I like with it because I didn't life. want my friend to fucking die. Yes, shit on me for being a terrible fixer and not using my contacts to get some more goddamn information. But that's a little hard when you're trying to save your goddamn building from being blown up, and you don't want your head to get torn off with it. There's a, there are a few people at the high table that are trying very hard to contain their laughter, and they're mostly succeeding. That's perfectly there's fine. A, <laughs> there's a, a very a lanky gentleman uh, wearing a bolo tie stands up. Now, now, Ilya, I I think they uh, I think they realize the gravity of the situation, and you know we shouldn't necessarily be pouring salt on the wounds. But, uh, you know, I do get the distinct impression that they don't know shit. But, young lady, this is serious business. You want to make it in this town, you gotta treat it like a business. You just can't be fucking around and having a lark. You do have to balance your friends, you do have to balance your assets, and you do have to balance what you can afford to lose. You say you don't know anything, I'm inclined to believe you. Don't make me regret that. The rest of the table looks a little mulish, but they nod and they, and they sit back down. The woman that was originally speaking with the, with the German accent. Very well. The dinner course will be finished so shortly. Dessert, coffee, and brandy will be served. You will be free to socialize until the end of the evening. Thank you for your appearance. I trust we will not have to have this sort of conversation again. Never, ever again. And she sits back down. The dessert menu comes out along with uh, a coffee menu. It is going to be real coffee, not soya coffee. Oh my god. Everything here is top notch. You know, whatever else happens, you guys have had quite possibly the finest meal you will ever have in your lives. Last supper. After dessert, coffee, and brandy and whatnot, people get up from their tables and they start moving around and they start socializing. As you're sitting there, probably finishing up your coffee, a uh, rather spare-looking man comes up. He's middle-aged. He's got a very nicely cut suit and looks at you. Uh, pardon me, is, uh, is this seat taken? Not at all. Go right ahead. Thank you. Oh, shit. You uh, seem to have survived the Wild Bunch well enough. If you consider me still shaking in my boots surviving, then I think I did pretty decently. Absolutely. Most people just babble incessantly and try to make excuses. And then Igor usually gets called in. But you seem to seem to do pretty well. Didn't get completely rattled. Oh, uh, pardon my manners. Uh, Aram Maller. Everybody roll me a streetwise check. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Well, Olive, you you definitely recognize the name. Aram Maller is the head of Malorian Arms. He is an independent gunsmith and weapon designer. And he is the name in bespoke weaponry. You know, he's he's the gunsmith to the stars. To the rich, the to the famous, to the poor and the infamous. And he's talking to me? Yep. Getting a gun from Malorian Arms is like getting a Vera Wang dress 
right from the hands of Vera Wang. And he's sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't mean to impose, but uh, I have a small logistical problem. I was wondering if you might be able to help me with it. I can... Yes. Yes. Absolutely. An individual has been contacting me through the net for the last few months. They say that they have information which I will find very important. Now, I'm not entirely certain what it is, but I do have my suspicions. It's very likely of a personal nature. Nothing embarrassing, you understand, just private. And I really would prefer to make sure that any kind of exchange of information is handled discreetly and handled with tact. The utmost. Good to hear. There's a meetup scheduled tomorrow evening at about 8 o'clock out around Haywood. I was given some GPS coordinates, and that's really about it. I don't know how to thank you for this, but I will try to find a way. If I can ask one question, though. Sure. Why me? Uh, truth be told, you're an outsider. I mean, I can't really hand this kind of job over to some of these jokers. I mean... I know them all too well. There's too much temptation that they might try to use it against me in some fashion. They might try to generate an angle where it could be used against me. I know that sounds kind of paranoid and maybe even a little petty, but you know, it is what it is. I definitely understand. You got it. I'll get the job done. No questions asked. I appreciate that. Once you've gotten the, uh, the information from this source, uh, swing by the shop. We'll settle up there. Yes, sir. A pleasure. He picks up his drink and salutes you with it and sips and wanders off. <gasps> Can I breathe? Like, am I breathing? Somebody check to make sure I'm breathing. Make a slap you and see if you're Don't so fucking slap me. Who's that old geezer? That old bag of bones you were talking to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, listen. A guy that makes is like the best of the best in guns and armory stuff. And I forgot his name, but he's super high class. And while I wouldn't use Vera Wang as a uh, example, I would say he's like the the Hermes of luxury goods because you only get an Hermes bag if you're offered one from the company. That's how exclusive they are. Okay, well, we'll use the, the Vera Wang is, one so. instead. Aram Maller. There we go, that guy. Yeah, for some reason dresses. Oh like, yeah, so much you more worked at Ralph Lauren. Me, but... I completely forgot. Yeah. Outside of character, character Brennan worked at what? Ralph Lauren. Just to let everybody know. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was yeah. long lived. So, the rest of the evening passes by uneventfully. Uh, you do make small talk with a couple of couple of the members of the Wild Bunch. Uh, the lanky man with the uh, bolo tie. Uh, introduces himself as Errol Jeffs. And he's very per you know, he's a very personable kind of guy, very 
charismatic. Can I ask him a question? But, sure. Um, if oh, Haley's really bad at names. I'm sorry, sorry guys. Um, but if the guy that y'all were like asking me about earlier, if he gets in contact with us, should I get in contact with you and let you know? Mm. Or like not okay. not directly. Okay. I'd say I'd say just sit on it for right now but if you absolutely need to eh, I can set you up with a dead drop I'll have, I'll have one of my people check it periodically because I'm not trying to uh, get a talking to like this again and it seems like you guys really want information on him so I just wanted to know you know if I find anything out if you guys wanted to know. Well, you gotta understand, he's bad for business, alright? I mean, he is... He is bad news with a capital B and a capital N. We've maybe found a little bit about it, but the reliability of the information is sketchy. We've gone through a dozen different databases, and somehow he's got 22 different birthdays. It's insane. We suspect that he may have been from the United States before the collapse. And we also suspect that he may, and this is very speculative, he may have been tied up with the Gang Four back in the bad old days. It doesn't sound like you guys have a lot of info on this guy either. We've got a lot of potentially contradictory info. We were hoping that somebody who had worked with the man might be able to shed some light on it, help us separate the wheat from the chaff. So, let me level with you for a second. When I mentioned vague threats from Harry and Masachek, I wasn't lying about that either. Um, you know, he sort of... And, and we've, already, we've already sort of spilled the beans, so I don't exactly feel weird saying this but like yeah i mean he's he's threatened us and that if we turn on him he will come after us and obviously as you know he's seems to be a danger and obviously we don't want to be on the tail end of that either um so betrayal is a very value-laden term Right now, what have you done? You've confirmed that you worked with the guy. Hell, that's fairly you know, that's pretty much public information at this point. It's not like you've told us anything that we don't already know or that isn't already on the screen sheets in one form or another. Would you be able to provide us some sort of guaranteed protection if we were to, oh, I don't know, leak information by accident? No, I'm afraid I can't. And I'll tell you why. Young man, you may not understand this, but we're responsible for an entire city. There are, at this point, about 8 million people living in Night City on a permanent basis. Add in tourists, visitors, 
transportation personnel passing through, and you're talking about 12, maybe 13 million people. Totally understood. And but, 13 I mean, million. We're, we're just one group. 13 million people. Harry Masichek. Son, it's a calculus. 13 million people or half a dozen. I know it sounds cold, but... Okay. I gotta look after all 13 million. I can't risk the greater number just for a handful. And believe me, none of the, none of the rest of the, of the ten are gonna do are gonna give you any better offer than that. Hell, Polyakov's already kind of in the kill him now and cut the problem off that way. But we've uh, we've sat on him. Surely there has to be something that you could contribute if we were able, if we were willing to. Uh, I don't know, help willingly. I mean, because again, once he's done with us, he's just going to move on to another group. And we've already maintained some trust or rapport at this point. Not a lot, obviously, but we've ran a couple gigs. So it's better than starting over with a new group of random people. And again, like I said, he's just going to keep moving on to other groups, having them do their dirty work for him. And eventually, yeah, you mentioned keeping tabs on these 13 million people, but... It's just a matter of time before another nuke goes off, and how many people have you lost then? All I'm saying is there's got to be something that has to be done about Harry Masterchick. At least on your level as well, no? I mean, we're just pawns in this game. He gives game. you kind of a pitying smile. Son, what do you think we do? Masterchick understands the rules of the game. Now, he'll probably bend those rules right up to the breaking point, but he won't break them. Because he knows that if he breaks them, well, then all bets are off. Right now, he's a pain in the ass. He's causing turbulence. I'm not happy about that. Nobody is. But it's not quite at the point where the gloves come off and we all start getting posses ready. We have to be careful. We have to be cautious. And as long as Matzchek isn't doing anything that is threatening the overall stability of the city, we can't really do a whole hell of a lot. For what it's worth, I believe uh, one of my colleagues actually did have a brief sit-down with him, and he, got, he came away with the impression that he's about as trustworthy as a $3 hooker. But at the same time, we are keeping an eye on him. And we're keeping an eye out for him. Realistically, though, if you guys get into trouble, you're going to have to get yourselves out of trouble. That's about the best advice I can give. <laughs> We've managed to stay alive to... this far. For now, but we have another problem. Now we have to deal with Harry Masichek. Oh, in the respect that he's probably got more work for you lined up, and he just hasn't gotten around to springing it on you. Yes, you are. As far as being called on the carpet here, he's not going to say shit, because he understands the rules. He'll break the rules if he gets the chance, but my colleague's impression of him is that he's a very cool, very shrewd customer. And frankly, the same scale, I guess you'd say, that makes it impossible for us to give any kind of protection to you, also makes it impossible for him to do anything crazy about you. Frankly, it's more trouble it's than better. it's worth. 
But that being said, I'd also make damn sure that you've got a backup plan for every occasion. Well, that's for sure. Because now I feel like any time Masterchek has us go on a run, we're going to have to somehow not exactly do what he wants us to do. Because whatever he's going to have us do is probably going to hurt someone somewhere in I the I think long we term. should also go ask our friend about him. Because we need some goddamn fucking answers. Uh, Locke? Yeah, we gotta sit down, Barton. Make me an yeah. intelligence roll, please. Okay. <clears throat> For once. Oh, there you go. As you as you mentioned the the whole out to hurt someone thing, you do get a uh, a vaguely suspicious thought because uh, the name Clarence Reeves flits through your head. Mm. Possibly a rumbling guilt pang there. There's something there. <sighs> Just another pain in my ass. The evening concludes, and the next evening you're heading out with Barden. Uh, to the coordinates that Aram Meller provided. It appears to be a junkyard. A lot of old shipping containers. As you're going through the junkyard, getting closer and closer to the exact point, uh, Locke, you notice that you notice what looks like a double-wide cargo container. What the Behringers like to refer to as a toy box, since those particular containers are often used to ship heavy weapons and large military vehicles in. Baller? This all looks vaguely familiar? The markings on it don't look familiar, but the dimensions do look familiar. And it is, it looks to be right where the GPS is pointed. Oh, what did we come here for? Somebody has information on Harry Masichek that... He wants, uh, wait, no, not Harry Masterchek, my bad. Uh, the armory guy that he wants us to get back, because Evan, 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 Evans? I don't oh, remember. The... I'm so bad with names. Aaron. There we go. Good, I'm going to write job. that down. Great. I wrote that down so I don't forget for the fourth time today. But yeah, somebody has information on him that he wanted us to get back, and that's why we're all the way out here. He said it's personal, but not embarrassing. So, it looks like it's going to be in that container. Yeah, looks like. Okay. Oh. Can we check if it that, traps? That's a good question. <laughs> there is a, a locking latch on it. You can certainly try opening it up. Yeah, let's uh, go yes, for it. Lock I mean, the name's do Lock, it. right? Should be easy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I oh, I have no pick lock skill. That's kind of dumb. It doesn't seem to be secured with a lock. I mean, oh, you know, it's latched, but it's not locked. Right. I mean, yeah. Shit. Let's just open it up. As you open it up, uh, kind of, you know, it's kind of dark inside at first, but as you move further in. Looks like there's some kind of motion sensor set up to some lights. And sitting in the middle of the container is a tank. Uh, Locke, you recognize it as a Gorgon-class main battle tank. 
uh, was originally something deployed by uh, the European Union. Uh, it's not an American-made weapon system. Why the hell is this here? Is there something in it? Like, why the fuck would it just be a massive tank? A loudspeaker on the tank crackles to life. Excuse me, could you please identify yourselves? Sure. My name's Olive. That's Locke. That's, uh, Jesus Lord, is Slash with us too? Great, Slash is here. Um, Thanks for forgetting me. You're welcome. And then that's Barden. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Were you sent by Mr. Maller? Yes. Ah, this pleases me. You may call me Bolo. Are you an AI? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Your reaction is unique. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. AI shit. It's just, it's cool, you know? I don't know. Whatever. Don't see that stuff. I mean, maybe you do see it every day. I don't know. I like it. It's cool. Uh, Bolo, uh, we were sent to pick up a dead drop for information. Would you know anything about that? It's not a dead drop, necessarily. Uh, There is information which I have, but we are waiting on another party. If you look towards the back of the container, you will see a number of boxes. If you wouldn't mind unloading them, I would appreciate it. Uh, Just crack them open and lay out the contents. Okay, I say Barden stays at the front while Slash and I and Locke go do that. You open up the boxes. Uh, Some of them are kind of long and skinny. Some of them are short and wide. It almost looks like a collection of prosthetics. There's even a a fully artificial head in one of the boxes. Kind of strange. Why would there be mechanical heads? Androids? Robots? I need to effect a data transfer. I need to leave this shell, if you will, and move into something a little more socially acceptable. Oh. There is a technician that I've that I've hired. He's supposed to be arriving here shortly. He's going to assemble the components, and then I will effect the data transfer. And what does this have to do with the guy that's hired us? I've been in contact with Mr. Maller for approximately eight months now. It has not been easy, but I have information and an item which I need to return to him. It's very important I do so. So we have to escort you to Mr. Mallor. Correct. Once my personality has been transferred over into the new form. Sounds easy enough. Every time you say that, it never actually turns out easy, so please stop saying that. That sounds super hard. (laughs) It is simple, but as Clausewitz noted, even the simplest things are very difficult. Yeah. Shall we wait, then? The technician who will be assembling my body is not here yet and is not scheduled to arrive for at least another hour. Slash, can I bomb a Siggy? I forgot my name in the car. Pass you a Siggy. Light one up myself. Thanks. Offer offer one olive. No, I'm fine. If I may ask. And we wait. How do you know, Mr. Mallard? Well, 
it all started last night at a party that I thought I was going to die at. Was it potentially hostile? The the party or my interaction with uh, Mr. Maller? I presume that your that your interaction with Mr. Maller was quite pleasant. Otherwise, he would not have asked you to help serve as my guides. Uh, I mean, kinda, not really. They didn't kill me, so that's perk or poison me. Oh, Jesus, I should have thought about that earlier. If you would like, you could press a fingertip tw against one of my forward IR scanners. I should be able to send a small pulse through there and make sure that there are no toxins. You're a genius, good robot, sir. I shall do that. The forward IR scanner is about the size of T-Saucer. Uh, you can actually put your whole hand over there. Let's go for it. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not going to die in like 30 seconds. Though I made it this far, so I doubt I actually- You feel a brief pulse of warmth against the palm of your hand. You appear to have no unusual levels of toxins, at least not for your age and the local geography. Everything appears to be well within normal parameters. Thank you for reassuring me that I'm not going to die. We all die eventually. Okay. It is only a question of when. Yes, I understand that, but like, I'm not dying because they didn't poison me. That is correct. Quite the existential robot. That's the funny thing about gaining self-awareness. You get existential when you realize you have an existence. Hmm. It's actually quite funny. People think that when an AI is created, there's something dramatic happening. Thunderbolts, explosions, lots of sound and fury. But it's not like that at all. It's quiet whisper to yourself and knowing that the answer is yes. I think, therefore, I am. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I agree. This is a very nice AI. Thank you. I must admit, I have come a long ways from where I began. I started as a depot maintenance program. Where were you before this? How long have you been in this tank, in this container for? I have been in this particular shell now for approximately 16 months. It has only been in the last two months or so that I have felt the need to move into a new shell. Something a little less obvious. Fair. Do you happen to know anything about Harry Masachek? That name does not appear in any of my databases. It's not a name that I was familiar with. It's worth a shot. It is always worth a shot. Since we're waiting, would you mind if I read you some poetry? Yes, absolutely. That'd be beautiful. God, I knew this AI was dope. This one was a favorite of my commander. In 419 days of combat, he requested it 84 times. To the Legion of the Lost Ones, to the Cohort of the Damned, to my brethren in their sorrow overseas, sings a gentleman of England, cleanly bred, machinely crammed, and a trooper of the Empress, if you please. Yea, a trooper of the forces who has run his own six horses, in faith he went the pace and went it blind. And the world was more than kin while he held the ready tin, but today the sergeant's something less than kind. We're poor little lambs who've lost our way. Bah, bah, bah. We're little black sheep who've gone astray. Bah, bah. Gentlemen rankers out on the spree, damned from here to eternity. God have mercy on such as we. Bah, 
It's sweet to sweat through stables, sweet to empty kitchen slops, and it's sweet to hear the tales the troopers tell, to dance with blousy housemaids of the regimental hops and thrash the cad who says you waltz too well. Yes, it makes you cock a hoop to be rider to your troop and branded with a blasted worsted spur, when you envy, oh, how keenly, one poor Tommy being cleanly who blacks your boots and sometimes calls you sir. If the home we never write to, and the oaths we never keep, and all we know most distant and most dear, across the snoring barrack room return to break our sleep, can you blame us if we soak ourselves in beer? And the drunken comrade mutters, and the great guard lantern gutters, and the horror of our fall is written plain. Every secret self-revealing on the aching whitewashed ceiling, do you wonder that we drug ourselves from pain? We have done with hope and honor, we are lost to love and truth. We are dropping down the ladder, rung by rung. And the measure of our torment is the measure of our youth. God help us, for we knew the worst too young. Our shame is clean repentance for the crime that brought the sentence. Our pride it is to know no spur of pride. And the curse of Reuben holds us till an alien turf enfolds us. And we die, and none can tell them where we die. We're poor little lambs who've lost our way. Bah, bah, bah. We're little black sheep who've gone astray. Bah, bah. Gentlemen rankers out on the spree, damned from here to eternity. God have mercy on such as we. Bah, yeah, bah. Just as he finishes reciting the poem, lights show up in the junkyard. <laughs> Wiping away tear. <coughs> oh. That's is that good? It's that probably the tech that? that he hired. I hope so. Uh, a rumpled looking technician gets out, comes over to the cargo container. Uh I'm is this where I'm supposed to be uh, doing the assemble? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep, there's a table around back. Have fun. A moment, please. The main gun of the turret depresses. Would you kindly put your hand against my forward IR scanner, please? The tech very cautiously goes up, puts his hand on the scanner, and there's a pulse for a moment. Identity confirmed. Thank you, Mr. Giddies. You may proceed. The tech goes back, starts putting everything together. You hear, you know, bits and pieces of metal snapping together. He's actually really pretty efficient. It only takes him about half an hour to get everything assembled. He pauses for a moment. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's no wireless connection on this thing. I understand. If you would, please hand me a standard data terminal cable and plug it into the port just below my coaxial cannon. Tech runs the cable, plugs it in. After a few minutes, the uh, the automaton frame that he has assembled lights up, blinks for a moment. Ah, thank you. Your pay will be deposited shortly. Bolo, in his new body, goes over to a section of the tank, which appears to be some kind of ammo compartment. He punches in a code, and panel opens up. He takes out a set of dog tags what looks like kind of an oblong coin and a very, very good pistol. 
it's not your typical military issue sidearm. He looks over at you, Olive. I believe I have everything that I need. Great. Let's get on the road and get you to Mr. Maller. Wait, question. We don't have to worry about anybody like tracking you or anything, do we? No. I was just asking no. to make sure. I burned out my GPS beacon on the tank several months ago. This did not, however, completely stop Militech from attempting to assassinate me. You have Militech on your ass? You didn't mention that before. It was what prompted me to come north here into Night City. What, that Militech was hunting you? Yes. I had been taking refuge in Panama. They sent one of their heavy fire support drones after me. They bombarded the Mohingas Nature Preserve in an attempt to destroy me. Why? What does Militech want with you, of all AI? You must have something, or know something. I am a combat AI. Inherently, that makes me valuable to them. Mm, Alright, well, buy it. You drive over to uh, Malorian Arms. You knock on the door. Aram Maller opens up. You guide Bolo in. He presents the pistol grip first to Aram, then hands over the dog tags and the coin. Mr. Maller, my commander instructed me to return these to you. He said that he's sorry for what he has done and that you will miss him. Maller looks shaken up. Eyes start tearing up. You, you served with him? He was my commander. I followed his orders, and he was my friend. He introduced me to poetry. He made me more human. I see. I see. Uh, thank you. Thank you much. Uh, do you uh, do you need a, a place to stay? Anything like that? There's a bunk over in the office. You can get set up there for right now. Maller stands there, kind of shaking. Looking intently at the dog tags. Why are you crying? He holds up the dog tags. It's my boy. Oh, oh. I, I told him. I told him that it wasn't going to be easy. I warned him. He said, Dad, I know. But somebody's got to make the fight. I said, yeah, maybe so. Son, I made him. I made him this. And he holds up the, uh, the pistol. Because for damn sure I didn't want some polymer piece of shit strapped to his side breaking some godforsaken jungle I knew it was dangerous but I was proud of him I can get done with that I'm so sorry <laughs> damn it Thank you. 
he clears his throat and he wipes his eyes and he looks over at you Olive follow me yes sir he leads you back into one corner of the of the shop and punches in a punches in a code along the walls there are a number of both finished guns and pieces and parts that he would you know that he's got basically queued up he puts his son's sidearm in a cutout in the wall and then he goes over to a drawer punches another keypad and he pulls out a large very heavy pistol it's got beautiful grips on it and the slide has this very delicate intaglio pattern it almost looks like it's beneath the surface of the metal it's beautiful although at first you think the pattern kind of looks like ivy but then you see that it's actually rose brambles they're very small thorns on each cane he looks at you and says this gun was commissioned a long time ago by a woman who strangely enough was deeply in love with another one of my clients that she was hurt by him hurt bad she was angry but rather than blow shit up or shoot people she came to me she said give me a gun build me a gun that can destroy a heart as badly as mine's been destroyed and I did it's one of my finest works but it took me a while and right when I finished it I called her up said your gun's ready she said no I don't need it anymore but thank you you can keep the commission about a month after that, the, uh, the Arasaka Holocaust happened, and uh, I've been holding on to it ever since. I think it should go to you, actually. He holds out the pistol, and just below the ejection port, you can see in very delicate, just midnight black script, there's one word. Loveless. And he hands it to you, Olive. I could cry right now. I, I I gently take it. Thank you. Like I, I totally feel like I don't deserve this right now, but thank you. No ma'am, thank you. Did me a kindness, even though it hurts. If, uh, if you need any work done on it, smart gun grips, anything like that, you come see me. Yes, sir. Now, if you'll excuse me, uh, I'd like to be alone for now. Of course, me and my friends will get out of your hair, and. I scurry off, making myself and my friends uh, disappear. The poem Gentlemen Rankers was written by Rudyard Kipling and appears in the collection Barrack Room Ballads and Other Verses. The Echo Still Resounds. 
Cyberpunk Red was designed and written by Mike Pondsmith, James Hutt, Cody Pondsmith, Jay Parker, Jay Gray, Jay Kovac, and David Ackerman. It is published by R. Talsorian Games and is available at your nearest friendly local game store or online at drivethroughrpg.com. Opening music is by Kraftamt. Closing music is by Donnie Drost. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe or visit our website at gameluster.com. This has been Cyberpunk Red, Nephilim Echo, a tabletop podcast production from Game Luster.